today's daf is in the Dharm daf Lamites. We are holding on daf Lamid Ches Amid Beis. The mission at the bottom of the page. The mission is going to discuss visiting a chola when you have a neder a neder hanaa. Is it permissible to visit a chola? And the Gemara is going to give two explanations why a person is allowed to visit the chola standing but not sitting. The mission is going to make such a distinction between standing and sitting. The Gemara is going to have two explanations for that distinction. And the Gemara, the Bryce, so the Gemara is going to quote a Bryce on the bottom of Amidalf that distinguishes between visiting the guy himself with whom you have the neder, and visiting his son. So it's going to explain that chilek between visiting the, the fellow himself and visiting his son. So a lot about Bikur Cholim in today's daf. On Amr Beis, the Gemara is going to ask for the makar in the Torah for the mitzvah of Bikur Cholim, and then that's going to lead the Gemara into seven things that were created before the world was created, and one of those things may have been the Piha Aretz that swallows Korach, so the Gemara is going to discuss the miracle of Korach's downfall, and it's also going to talk about how when Moshe and, and, and Korach were having that dispute, the sun and the moon threatened to quit their jobs over over that dispute until Moshe Rabbeinu was defended, that they weren't going to go to work anymore. And then at the end of the daf, the Gemara is going to have three different explanations for why it, for what it means that Bikur Cholim ain't la shir, that Bikur Cholim is such a mitzvah that doesn't even have a shir. What does it mean it doesn't have a shir? A shir of what? The Gemara is going to have three explanations. So let us begin. Mishnah Lamed Chesem Beis says the Mishnah, If a person has a neder enough from his friend, when he goes in to visit him, he can stand, but he cannot sit. He can provide a refua that's refuas nefesh, but he cannot provide a refua that is refuas mamon. So the question is, what does that mean? The Gemara is going to discuss that not in today's daf, not in tomorrow's daf, in the next day's daf. It's going to talk about what refuas nefesh versus refuas mamon means. The Gemara is going to mention that according to Marzutra Bartuv Yomarav, it means that that uh, that that refuas nefesh is refuas gufo, um, but refuas mamon is refuas behemto. That you're allowed to provide a refuah for the guy, you're not allowed to provide refuah for his animals. So you're allowed to be his doctor, you're not allowed to be his vet. You're not allowed to provide refuah for his animal. And Marzutra Bartuvia Omar Rav says, Aval Omerlo samploni yafala samploni rala, you're at least allowed to say that this medication is good for it, this medication is bad for it. So there's Machlokas Rishonim. What's the difference between refuas gufo, that's mutter, versus Rufus Behemto, that's Asir. The Rush writes that Rufus Gufo, you're doing a mitzvah. So you don't get paid for Rufus Gufo since it's a, a mitzvah. Rufus Behemto is not a mitzvah, and uh, therefore it's something that you're giving him enough for. Even if uh, you don't get, if, even if you don't get uh, get paid for it, and it's, it's not like Machsar Vedaso because the Torah never commanded us to be Merape Behemoso Shel Chavero. So it's not, it's not a mitzvah. That's how the Rush distinguishes between Rufus Nefesh versus Guf, mitzvah versus non mitzvah. But the Ran says, no, there is a mitzvah of Rufus Behemoth Chavero. What kind of greater Ashavas Aveda could there be that if a guy's animal is going to die or is very sickly and is not able to do any work for him and you're able to nurse it back to health and now he has a functioning animal? So the Ran says the chilik has to be different. That it has to be that we're talking about where there's another available doctor. So you can't be Merape Behemto because uh, the 
but you are allowed to be merape him, merape gufo, because lo min kol adam zochel israpos. Lo min kol adam zochel israpos. Not from everyone is a person going to be zochel to have a refua. Meaning that sometimes there's a certain doctor that's the right shaliach of a Kodesh Baruch Hu to provide the refua. So that's the difference. That when it comes to behemoth, it doesn't make a difference who the vet is. That uh, one vet, another vet, it's all going to be the same. So if there's someone else available, let someone else do it. But when it comes to refuas gufo, it does make a difference because sometimes there's a special that or a special match to between patient and doctor. So Shulchanach Paskins in Yardes and Reish Chavalev that if it's not the darach to give payment to a doctor, you're allowed to be merape yimafilu biyadayim, even if there's another doctor available. So the Shachan Taz explained, because Loman Adam Rapos, because even though he has another doctor available, maybe he needs you, maybe he dafka needs that doctor. So that's why the post can discuss what, it, what happens when they uh, ask a, a doctor to come to the hospital, and there's another doctor on call at the time. But um, he can, can the doctor say, I don't want to come, the patient wants me to be there, I don't want to go, there's another doctor on call, let him use that other that other doctor, or they talk about if uh, doctors allowed to go be mechal Shabbos for a patient to be there for a patient when there are other doctors in the hospital. This doctor is not on call, but the patient says, "I'm most comfortable with my doctor. I'm most comfortable with this doctor." But there are other doctors that are just as qualified. But the patient says they want this doctor. So that's what the post can discuss. Rav Moshe writes that if there's a chol in that Dafka wants, say this doctor, Rav Moshe writes in Archaim Chelikalov and Aleph, the doctor is allowed to be mechal Shabbos to uh, to be there for that uh, for that patient because lo minakol adam zocha lehisrapos. Okay, so let's see the Gemara. What exactly is the neder over here in our Mishnah? Who has a neder from whom? Is it the patient that has a neder from the mevaker, or is it the mevaker that has a neder from the patient? If the case is that the nechasim of the mevaker are asr for the chola, then then it shouldn't be a problem even for the mevaker to come and sit. Because what's the reason we allow a guy to come and be mevaker when he's standing? Because he's doing a mitzvah. So granted, the chola is getting hana'a, but he's not getting hana'a from the nechasim of the mevaker. The mevaker has kavana purely for the mitzvah. So if he's sitting also, he has kavana purely for the mitzvah. So what would be the problem with the mevaker coming in that situation, where whether he's standing or sitting? But if it's the reverse, that the mevaker is the one that's not allowed to get hana from the chola, well then then he should stay off of that property entirely. Why you gonna say he sits, so he's getting hana from the chair that the chola is providing? He stands, he's getting hana from the house. He gets drisas haregel that he enjoys uh, walking into the house, and uh, there's firm ground under him that belongs. Belongs to the chola that's supporting him, so it should be it should be aser for that for that reason. In the sefer Nidre's reason, he asked the question: How is he allowed to sit? Meaning, we said that uh, that that that, uh, that that he's allowed to sit in the case where um, he should be allowed to sit, at least in the case where the nichsei mevaker are aser on the chola. But we, we the gemara is going to say later on in today's daf that someone who's mevaker chola is notel echad meishishim echolio. That when you do bikur cholim, you take away one sixtieth of the person's illness. 
Shabbos. So it turns out that the Mevaker is absolutely giving Hana'a to the Chola. I mean, you forget about the fact that he's doing a mitzvah and he's giving him company. He's giving him a, a very legitimate real Hana'a of taking away one-sixtieth of, of his illness. So even though the Gemara says, the Gemara is going to say later on that's Dafka Ben Gilo, it's only, it doesn't, not everyone who visits is actually going to be able to take away one-sixtieth of the person's illness. It's only someone who has a certain kasher hanefesh between the Mevaker and the Chola, but uh, we don't know if you're his Ben Gilo or not. How do you know if you're called his Ben Gilo? So at least Misafek, we should be machmir, that you shouldn't be allowed to go to be Mevaker the Chola because you're taking away one-sixtieth of his illness. So uh, the Nidre's reason suggests that the Mishnah apparently says we're not Choshish for this because if we were Choshish for this, we would Aser even standing up. So obviously we're not Choshish for the Hanah that's provided because probably because it's not a Suffolk whether you're his Ben Gilo or not, whether you have this special Kesher and Nefesh with him or not. It's not a Suffolk, it's a robe. Most people don't. Most people don't have that special connection and therefore would not take away the 168th of his illness. So you don't have to assume you're that guy that's going to be able to take away 160th of this fellow's illness. Also, Nidre's reason suggests another answer that if it does help to be Merape him, that's not an Isser, because uh, it's Mutar for a Madir to be Merape or Mudar. That's what he said, Merapa Rufuas Nefesh. You're allowed to provide him with the Rufua. The reason you're not allowed to, uh, you're not allowed to be Mevaker him is because they were Choshesh that it's going to be, uh, that, that it's not going to help the Chola with your Bikur other than just make him uh, happier, but it's not going to provide a Rufua. But in terms of a Rufua, if you're providing him Rufua, that's Vadai Mutter. That's what it says Beferish in the Mishnah, that it's Mutter. So then the Gemara said that Afilu that if the case were the reverse, that the Nichse Chola, that the Chola's property was Asra and the Mavaker, then you shouldn't be able to do anything. You shouldn't be able to go at all. So the Ritva writes that this Neder is Chal, even though the uh, even though the Mavaker um, is is um, is is Misbatel um, is is going to be Mavatel the Mitzvah of Bikur Cholim as a result of this Neder, because Nedarim are Chal on a Dvar Mitzvah. Meaning you might say, well, wait a second, what's the Gemara suggesting over here? If there's a Neder that the Mavaker is not allowed to get enough from the Chola, so then he's not allowed to do a Mitzvah. A Neder has the ability to take away a Mitzvah from a person. So the uh, the Ritva says, yeah, we had said earlier that a neder is chal even on a tvar mitzvah. So says the Ritva, okay, so what if it were a shvua? One of the differences between a neder and a shvua is that a shvua is not chal on a tvar mitzvah. So if it were a shvua and not a neder, would he would this would this not be chal? So the Ritva says, no, it would still be chal even levatel as a mitzvah because the the, the he asks on himself the shvua not to get any anaa from the chola even in non mitzvah situations. So since it's chal on non-mitzvah situations, the shvu is going to be chal in the whole picture, that the mevakers are not allowed to get any enough from the chola whatsoever. Now it may, he as a side point, take away his mitzvah of bikur chol. And one final point over here, we had said that what is the hana'ah that you're getting from the chola when you go to be mevaker the chola? So the Ran writes that when you're standing, you're getting hana'ah of drisas haregel, that you get to walk on his property, and that that should be a problem, that you get to walk on his property. So the Nidre's reason says, why doesn't he say better? Why doesn't he say that the Hana'ah that you're getting is pruta de Rav Yosef? Remember when we discussed by doing Hashavas Aveda of a person that you're not allowed to get Hana'ah from, that when you are Meshith his Aveda, 
and you're getting Hanav from him, because if someone were to come and ask you for tzedakah, while you're osik in the midst of Hashem HaSaveda, you'd be pata from giving that tzedakah? So isn't that called Anna? Why don't we say that Anna? So the truth is, we said that that was subject to Machlokas. One opinion said, nah, prutat Rav Yosef lo shkichi. What are the chances? While you're doing the Hashem HaSaveda, someone's going to come and ask for money right then. So maybe the Ran wanted to interpret the Gemara specifically in a way that works with all opinions, and not only with the opinion that prutat Rav Yosef is a legitimate issue. So anyway, back in the Gemara, so we're still trying to figure out why is it that when you have a nedra enough from the chola, um, why is it that you're allowed to stand but you're not allowed to sit? And we still don't really get which who has a nedra enough on who. Is it the mevaker that's not allowed to get enough from the chola, or the chola that's not allowed to get enough from the mevaker? So the Gemara has two basic approaches. We're going to have the approach of Shmuel and the approach of Ula. So first Shmuel, Amr Shmuel, the Allah Really, the case is that the nechasim of the mevaker are usher on the chola. The chola is not allowed to get hana from the visitor. We're talking about a place where they have a minag that people pay others to be mevaker chola them if they're going to come and sit but they're not going to pay others to come be mevaker chola if they stand the whole time. So therefore, if you go and sit, you're giving him something that has monetary value. So that you're not allowed to do. If he's not allowed to get enough from you, you can't give him something that has uh, monetary value. But if you go and stand, then you're not giving him anything that has monetary value, and therefore you're allowed to go and stand. The Ran and the Rush explained that the Isser is because the Chola is Chayiv B'schar Mavakar. He has to pay, and he's not paying you, so you're giving him something that is actually worth something. So says the Shach on the side of the Shulchan Aruch, from there you see that if the Chola does pay the Schar Bikur, then it should be mutter levaker. Then he should be. Allowed. Then you're not giving him anything because he's paying you for uh, for your visit. So then it should be mutter. But the Levush writes no. That even if he pays you, it's still also to be mevaker because at the end of the day, the chol is nana from the person sitting there, and you can't say that the mevaker is doing a mitzvah biyeshivaso because he's getting paid for it. So if he's getting paid for it, then you can't just say that he's doing a mitzvah and that it's not called that he's providing hanaa. So that's machlokas achronim. What if the chol actually pays for the mevaker to come, would we still say that you're not allowed to come and sit? Machlok is between the shach and the levush. But certainly, if he doesn't pay, and we're talking about a place where the minig is that you're supposed to pay for people who come and sit, then certainly the mevaker is providing something that has financial value to the chala, and that would be a violation of the nedrana. But says Gemara, my pasca, why don't we work with this assumption that we're talking about such a place where they pay people to come and sit with them, but not to come and stand with them. What kind of place is that? Where does that happen? Why would we assume that that's the place that we're talking about? That they pay for sitting and not for standing? So Gemara has two explanations. First explanation is, now what we mean to say is, even if you're in a place where the minig is that people pay for Bikr Cholim, you should be makbid to only get paid for sitting there, don't get paid for standing there. That it's not right to take payment for standing in, in doing Bikr Cholim. Vibai say more, a second explanation of why we're assuming that we're talking about a place where you get paid for sitting and not for standing. Just like in a different context, Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim said, we're afraid a person is going to stick around for too long, longer than necessary. 
necessary. Hachanami, when a person is sitting to be mevaker cholim, gzera shemayisha biyeshiva. It's a gzera that we're afraid he's going to stay around too long if he sits, and then he's pro- he's ultimately going to provide actual hanaa. So uh, we don't want him sitting because then he's going to stay and provide more hanaa than just the mitzvah of biker cholim, and that's why he's not allowed to sit. But if it's uh, standing, then uh, then we're not concerned that he's going to stick around for that for that long. So the Rishonim ready raised the question. The Gemara says by Amida they weren't gozer shema yisha. But the where do we get this idea that we're a gozer that the guy's going to stay around too long from a din of Rishim ben Eliakim that we're going to have in a couple of dapim from now about standing uh, in 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 a field during shemitah. So the the source of this idea of gzera shema yisha that you might wait for a while is a case of standing. So how can you say that over here we're only going to be worried if the guy sits and not if the guy stands? So the Ran later on Daf Membeis suggests that it's only over here that we're not goes about Mida because normally when you visit someone you sit down. So since there you know that you're only allowed to stand, that's a hacker. That makes it obvious that you're doing something unusual. You're doing something different. So then you'll remember not to stay past the the normal time. But if you're going to be sitting, there's no hacker. There's nothing to remind you. Whereas in the case that we're going to have in Daf Membeis, we're going to talk about going into a field where the normal thing to do is to stand. So that we make exactly that you're going to stand there for too long because you're not doing anything unusual by standing there. So uh, so that there is reason to make exera. The Mefaresh suggests a little differently. He says over there, since you're standing and eating, we have to be choshesh, that you'll, that, that you'll stay there by Amida. Over here, you're omed stam. You're not doing anything while you're standing. You're not eating while you're standing. You're not getting any hana'a while you're standing. So we don't have to make any gzera that maybe the guy's going to stand there for too long. So that was all one approach. Again, that was the approach of Shmuel, that the case of our Mishnah is that the visitor, the, the chola is not allowed to get hanoah from the visitor and uh, it's only if he sits that it's going to be called the chola is getting hanoah because people typically pay for someone to visit them sitting down. Now we have answer number two. Ula amar liolam chola asurin alam No, it's the reverse. It's the visitor who's not allowed to get hanoah from the chola. And the case is that even though the chola took a, took a nether, that the visitor is not allowed to get enough from him, the visitor is allowed to come and sit with him because the, visit, the, the chola's nether does not include what the chola needs for his life. And he needs visitors just for, to, to keep living. So we assume the nether includes hana that's not going to, I don't want you to get enough from me unless it's going to help me live. If it's going to help me live, then, uh, then I'll let you get enough from me. So practically, well then, well then, why can't the guy sit? That's also giving him his life. So why can't he sit? As the he can't sit because he could just as easily stand. So to get that extra hana of sitting is not is, is not what the chola needs for his chiyusei for his for his life. It's only the, uh, the 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 visit that he needs, and therefore you have to do a minimalist approach. You have to do specifically what he needs for his life because only that was not included in the neder. The rush writes that the svara of the Gemara is the Michiyusa Lohidiro is Shaykh specifically by Bikur Cholim because the Chol is Nana from anyone who's Mavakar him and therefore the Bikur is considered something that his Chiyus is, benefits from because he's not able to, uh, to get it from anyone else. No matter who it is that comes, each person has their own thing to offer in, uh, in, in, in Bikur Cholim. But let's say we're about 
food or drink or other things. So then, even though, generally speaking, if I take a neder, that you're not allowed to get enough from me, but it's something that, uh, that, that but, but it's something that, that, that this interaction is going to provide me chiyus, if it's going to provide me chiyus that I can get elsewhere, it's still included in the neder. It's only Bikur Cholom where I can't get it elsewhere. Even if I have a thousand visitors, every visitor is, uh, is distinct. Every visitor is special. Each one offers something else that no one else can offer. It's not like food and drink where everyone could offer me the same food and the same drink. That's what the Rush writes. So I asked the Gemara Mesvei, we have a brisa. If the guy with whom you have a nether gets sick, you're allowed to go visit him. If his son gets sick, then you're only allowed to ask about him in the in the in the market, but you're not allowed to go visit him. So understand very well according to Ula's approach in the Mishnah. Now we're talking about a case where the the visitor is not allowed to get Hanoa from the Chola, and we say that that neder does not include uh, what he needs for his life so I understand very well that the neder will include what the guy's son needs for his life because that wasn't that, that wasn't an exception to the neder and therefore I'm not allowed to go and visit his son I'm not allowed to go to this guy's house and get Hanah from Drisas or Regal in his house to visit his son but according to the first approach, according to Shmuel's approach, Shmuel's approach who said that the case was that the chola is not allowed to get hana'a from the visitor, well then, why, why does it make a difference? Why is it that I'm not allowed to visit his son, but I'm allowed to visit him? Meaning, I would have said, if the chola is not allowed to get hana'a from the visitor, I would have said the opposite. I can visit his son, because the chola is not getting any hana'a from that. His son is getting hana'a from it. I shouldn't be able to visit him. But we say the, the opposite in the Brysa, that I'm allowed to visit him, the guy who's not allowed to get enough from me. I'm allowed to visit him, but I'm not allowed to visit his son. Well, why not? How, how, how do you explain that? Amar lach, masnisim b'shenuchsi mevaker, asurun alechola, Shmuel would say very simply, the Brysa is talking about a different case than the Mishnah. The Mishnah is talking about a case where the chola is not allowed to get ana from the visitor, the Bryce is talking about a case where the visitor is not allowed to get ana from the chola. So that's why when the visitor is not allowed to get ana from the chola, he's allowed to go visit the chola himself, the guy who has the neder from himself, because that neder doesn't include chiyusei. But he's not allowed to go visit his son, because the neder does include chiyusei de Beno, his son's life. So my Pascha, how do we know to make the Mishnah talk about one case, the Bryce to talk about another case? Amarava, Shmuel, Shmuel was clearly bothered by the Mishnah itself. Why else would the Mishnah say that you're allowed to visit standing up, but you're not allowed to visit standing down? It must be that the Mishnah is talking about a case where the Chola is not allowed to get Hana'a from the visitor. So that's how he said it. That has to be the case of the Mishnah. And Mela, the Brisa, is talking about the reverse case. Period. Now, in general, so Magadita about Bikur Cholim. Amresh Lakish. Remez the Bikur Cholim in a Torah Minayin. Where do we find a Remez to the din of Bikur Cholim in the Torah? Now, that's a very strange phrase. We have it a couple of places in Shas. Remez min Torah. So, does that sound like we're describing a Dindar Raisa or a Dindar Abanan? So, there are a couple of places in Shas where the word Remez is very clearly about a Dindar Raisa. For the Gemara at the very end of Kiddushan says, Remez li Yichud min Torah Minayin. How do I know that there's an issue of Yichud, a Remez to the 
of Yichud in the Torah, Gemara gives a pasuk, a little bit of an unusual drasha, but the Gemara elsewhere makes it very clear, the Gemara Neville Zar and Sanhedrin makes it very clear that there is an Isra of Yichud min Torah. So even though it uses the term Remez, there is an Isra Daraisa of Yichud. The Ramam calls it Midivri Kapala, but it is an Isra Daraisa of Yichud. We also have Remez Leidim Zomin. Uh, at the beginning of Sechus Malkos, that you get, you get that Adam's Zom get Malkus also calls it a remez. So that and that too is a Dindar Raisa. So we hear by remez the Bikur Cholim min Minatora. So is it a mitzvah Minatora? So in the Perush Rabbeinu Avram Minahar, he says that it does not mean that the mitzvah Bikur Cholim Minatora. It means that it's mentioned in the Torah because that's what they used to be knowing to do. But a chiyuv mitzvah? No, there's no actual chiyuv. There's no actual mitzvah of Bikur Cholim. The Rambam in Hilchos Avel writes. Mitzvah say shall divrehem that it's a mitzvah midrabanan levaker cholim. But then after the Rambam lists off various mitzvos ben adam lechaveru that are midrabanan, he says, but afal pisha kol mitzvos elu midrehem. Even though each particular mitzvah in ben adam lechaveru is a mitzvah midrabanan, each detail is a mitzvah midrabanan. Harehim bechlal v'yahavta l'recha kamocha. It's part of the mitzvah daraisa of v'yahavta l'recha kamocha, which is a fascinating idea. The Rambam has. The Ram's idea is essentially that the Torah says you have to be nice to other people. The Torah never says to visit them when they're sick, to host them as you're, you know, when, when they're in town or whatever. The Torah never says specifically what that means to be nice to them. But every time you're nice, so the Rabbanon said, okay, here's some specific instructions. Do Bikr Cholim, do Achnas These are specific instructions that are Midrabanan. But every time you you do those specific instructions, Midrabanan, you're fulfilling the mitzvah daraisa of the Ahafta Lareacha Kamocha. Rabbi Yonah writes in the Tamid Rabbi Yonah in the end of Brachos, in, in the back of Brachos, says that uh, anytime you have Gemilus Chasadim, Nichem Avelim, anything, it's all included in the mitzvah daraisa of a is a reference to Gemil's Chasadim. And they bring a Raya from Sukkah Davchafei, where the Gemara says that even someone who's doing Bikr Cholim is Potter from the Mitzvah of Sukkah. Why? Am I doing a Mitzvah Daraisu when I'm doing Bikr Cholim? Why should I be Potter from the Mitzvah of Sukkah? Why should I say Osik Mitzvah Potter in a Mitzvah? So, two possibilities. Either you could say, because even when you're Osik in a Mitzvah Mitra Banan, you're Potter from a Mitzvah Daraisu. That also mitzvah in mitzvah even includes being also in mitzvah drabanan, or you could say no, it only includes mitzvah daraisa. And even though bikur cholim as a detail is only drabanan, to do this specific act is drabanan. But when I'm doing it, I'm fulfilling the after midaraisa. And therefore, I'm still going to say that I'm potter from the from the mitzvos. The Rambam in the second Shorish in the Sefer Mitzvos quotes that the Bahag does count Bikur Cholim Nicham Avilim Kvuras Mesim as actual mitzvos. And uh, the Rambam says you shouldn't count these as actual separate mitzvos. It's all just part of the after the Recha Kamocha. The Ramban has a lot to say on that. Uh, on that, on that Rambam. Okay. Um, so anyway, so Remez Bikr Cholim in Torah. Where do we find the Remez to Bikr Cholim in the uh, in 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 the Torah? You know, it's never written explicitly in the Torah. Shenemar, because the pasuk says, "Im kemos kala adam yumus and ela uvkudas kala adam gomer." Moshe Rabbeinu says about Korach and his group. Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Okay, here's going to be the test. If this group dies like normal people die, well then uh, they're they're right and I'm wrong. But if something happens, if a bria chadam." comes and they die in an unusual way, then I'm right. So what's he describing if they were to die in a natural way? What does it mean, die in a natural way? And then he says, and when they're dying in a natural way, 
Ufkudas kal adam. What's pukudas kal adam? Says Gemara, my mash. Where do you see pikur cholam in there? Because Amar Rava im kemos kal adam imos neila. When Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, if they die the way normal people die, what's the way normal people die? Shein cholim, they get sick. Umutalim barisasan, and they uh, they're they're bedridden. Ubenei adam ivakrimosan. Then he says, ufkudas kal adam. People come to be mivakid. People come to to check in and see how they're doing. That's what we call. Bikor Cholim. So you see, Moshe Rabbeinu, when, des- when describing how a normal person dies, describes illness and Bikor Cholim. So that's the remez to Bikor Cholim. Not that these people ever did get sick. They ended up dying with the Bria Chadasha. But when Moshe Rabbeinu envisions how a normal person would die, he describes Bikor Cholim. So that's how we see a mitzvah of Bikor Cholim, Minat Torah. And the Sefer Tiferet says, well, why, why doesn't the Torah say a mitzvah of Bikor Cholim? Meaning it's such a fundamental mitzvah. How could the Torah only hint to it backhandedly? Why doesn't the Torah have an explicit mitzvah of Bikor Cholim? So he says the reason is because uh, Yisrael were knowing, Kal Yisrael was knowing even before Matan Torah, because we have uh, certain midos that are implanted in us as Bnei Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov that we're Rachmanim. We have Rachmanus in other people. So the, that's Marumas to Fkudas Kaladim Yifkadaleim. That the normal thing is to go see how a chala is doing, to go visit a chala. And that's when it comes to all midos. We don't find mitzvahs about midos in the Torah. Very interesting, no? Every Jew knows you're not supposed to get angry, you're supposed to be humble, you're supposed to be kind, all of those things. Where's the mitzvah about any of those things? It never says any of those things in the Torah. So he says, yeah, it doesn't say any of those things in the Torah because derech eretz, Kadmala Torah. And what, what does it mean, Darecharetz Kadmala Torah? Literally, chronologically, even before we had the Torah, every, every B'nai Avram Yitzhak Yaakov knew intuitively that you have to act with Darecharetz toward other people. So it's, the Torah doesn't have to give specific uh, instructions about these things. So, Mabrios Omrim, La Hashem Shalchani So, what are people going to say if these people, Moshe Rabbeinu finishes his speech? What are people going to say if these people die in the natural way? They're going to say that Hashem didn't make me the messenger, that there's nothing special about being Moshe Rabbeinu. Darash Rabbah. So, Rabbah Darshan's Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, conclusion of his speech, where he goes on and he says, In Bria Yivra Hashem, if Hashem creates a new Bria, to kill these people. So in Bria Gehenim Mutaftiyah. So if he wants to use the Bria of Gehenim, that would be great. Imlav, and if not, Yivra Hashem, then Hashem should create some sort of new Bria. So What do you mean if Hashem wants to create Gehenim? Gehenim was already created. There were seven things that were created before the world was even created. So how can Moshe Rabbeinu say, if God wants to create uh, something called Gehenim right now, then that would be really great. What do you mean wants to create? Gehenim was ready before the world was created. Because there were seven things that were in place before the world was created. And Eluhin, they are. Torah, Uchuva, Ganeiden, Gehenim, Kiseh Kavod, Beis HaMikdash, Ushmo Shal Mashiach. Those seven items were already in place before the world was created. The Ran explains that the, the idea was that there was Allah B'Machshava to be created before the world was created. Not that all these things actually existed, but that the plans were already in place. Hashem had already thought of these things prior to the creation of the world. So the Marsha just says, that, that can't be what it means. It has to mean that they were actually created. Because the Gemara M'sachim Dafim Dalit asks from this brysa on the, uh, the idea that the Or of Gehenim was created on Erev Shabbos. The, there's a brysa that says that the fire of Gehenim was created on, this, on, on Erev Shabbos. And the Gemara asks, how can you say that I, Gehenim, was created before the world was created? Um, and the Gemara answers, no, the place called Gehenim was created, but its fires were, were introduced first on Friday. 
Well, says the Marsha, well, the Gemara should have answered better. The Gemara should have said, none of these things were actually created before the world was created. If you hold like the Ran, it was just Allah b'machshava. Hashem had a plan for them before the world was created. And then maybe on Erev Shabbos, that's when Hashem actually created it. So says the Marsha, you see the Ran is incorrect. That it said it was actually created beforehand. And that's why the Gemara has to come to say that the place was actually created and the fires were just introduced to Gehenim later on. And what is this last one? Shmo Shel Mashiach. That the name of Mashiach was created before the world. So the Maral in Chidush HaGadus explains Shmo Shel Mashiach means what's a shame? Why does a person have a name? A name is what distinguishes a person. What makes a person different from everybody else. How to define, how to identify a person. So he says, Shmo Shel Mashiach means the unique qualities that make up a Mashiach. The unique qualities that set Mashiach apart from, from everybody else. So even though Mashiach himself was not yet created, already before the world was created, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Gozer B'chach that there's about these specific milos, the specific midos, the specific character traits that only Mashiach was going to have that would uh, set him apart from the rest of humanity. So how do we know all these things were created before the world was created? So each one has a source. Right from so all these things have something describing that it was there from then, from way back, from before, from yesterday. That his name is Leolam, meaning it always existed. So answers Gemara. So bottom line is, we have a question. If all these things existed even before the world was created, including Gehenim, how could Moshe Rabbeinu Davin that Hashem, why don't you create Gehenim right now? What do you mean? Gehenim was created way before the time of Korach. So what was Moshe Rabbeinu Davening about? El Hachikabra. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu was really saying. If God created a, a mouth for the earth to open up and swallow up Korach Vadaso, that's awesome. The Imlo, but if he didn't, Yivra Hashem, then let him create one right now. But doesn't the Pasuk say that there's nothing new under the sun, meaning that Hashem doesn't make new creations uh, anymore, that after the Shesh Simei there are no more new creations? So what is Moshe Rabbeinu saying? That he should make a new creation? So it says, This is what Moshe Rabbeinu was really saying. I know Hashem had created this mouth of the earth to swallow something up, but if it's not here on this location, Hashem should bring it here to this location so that it will swallow up Karach V'adaso. So again, initially we thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was davening that Hashem should create Gehenim. We said that can't be because we know already Gehenim existed from before. Then we were saying that Moshe Rabbeinu was davening that Hashem should create a mouth to swallow people. We said that can't be because there's nothing new in the, in the world. So the final resolution is Moshe knew that there was a mouth of the earth already created. He was just davening that it should come to this location to swallow up Korach and his followers. Period. Dorash Rav Mavarmila Amra Vyitzak. What does the Pasuk mean when it says that the sun and the moon went to the Zvul? Zvul is one of the higher heavens 
above Shemayim. Why were the sun and the moon in the Zvul? Shemesh v'yarech b'zvul, my bayon. V'arberikia kavii. They belong in the Rekia. They don't belong in the Zvul. So why would the Shemesh and the Yerech go to one of these higher heavens? This teaches us that the Shemesh v'yarech went over, went up to the Zvul, and they said to the Ribbonah Shalom, when Moshe Rabbeinu was having the Machlokas with Korach, and they said, if you're going to defend Moshe Rabbeinu, and show that he's correct, then we will continue to uh, to work for you, like we're supposed to, and shine when we're supposed to shine. But if you're not going to defend Moshe Rabbeinu, well, that's it. We're Einonimirin. We quit. We're not. Uh, we're not working anymore. We're not going to to shine anymore. That was their 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 threat. Um, the uh, how do we know that that's that it was relating to that that this pasuk is talking about? So the Ran points out that the pasuk sounds like it's talking about the Machlokas of Korach because it's it, it, it talks about Yitzias Mitzrayim and Kriyas Yamsuf in Sefer Chabakuk and over there it says Machzas Rosh Mi Beis Rosha Meshamishlu Dainu Korach. Right after it has a reference to Korach, it talks about the sun and the moon going to the Zvul. So they said, that's it, we're going to quit if we... Um if if uh, if you don't defend Moshe Rabbeinu, why dafka to the Zvul? Because the Korach was cholek on the Amita on the Amita Sakarbanos on the truth of the Avodah of the Karbanos that the Aaron really has the right to be the Kohen Gadol. Zvul is the place where the base Amigdash Shalmaila is, meaning there are various heavens up there. Zvul, this very high heaven, in the Gemara Chagiga Dafid Beis and Beis says that's where Yerushalayim and the base Amigdash are being built. That's where we have a Yerushalayim Shalmaila is. So where Korach is arguing on the Avodah of the Karbanos, on the Kohen Gadol over here, the Shemesh and Yerech go to the Zvul, where the parallel universe of, uh, of Karbanos up there, and say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we're going to quit if Korach is going to, is going to win. Um, the, uh, so Boaz, and that's why, by the way, the, uh, the Marsha has a beautiful insight over here. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say? He says, when, when he argues with Korach, he says, Boker In the morning it will be known who's right and who's wrong. Why in the morning? Because in the morning is when the sun is supposed to shine. So Moshe Rabbeinu knew that the sun was protesting on his behalf. And he says, in the morning everyone's going to see. If the sun doesn't shine, then the sun is on my side because I'm supposed to be defended over here. It didn't come to it. Hashem defended him himself. So he didn't need that. But that's why he said, Boker, that Afghan in the morning. So Bosa Shah, at that time when Hashem heard the protests, of the sun and the moon, what did Hashem do? Yoraben chitzim chanisos. He started throwing arrows and spears at the sun and the moon. How dare you make such a threat? For since the beginning of mankind, essentially, not all the way at the beginning, but just a few generations after the beginning of mankind, people have been bowing to you and serving you and worshipping you instead of me, Hashem says. People have been bowing to the sun and the moon. And that you have no problem with. No protests about that. So you have, you have, Bikvodi lo mechisam. My honor, you had no, uh, no concern about. But you can get all excited about Moshe Rabbeinu's honor. How could you defend him more than you defend me, the Rebbe Shalom says. Ever since then, the sun and the moon threatened to quit every single day because they say, people are worshipping us. We quit unless they... Uh, so Hashem has to throw arrows at them just to get them to work every single day as a way of making up for the lack of honor of a Baruch Hu that one time. 
Tanya, Bikur Cholim ain't lo shir. So there is this comment the Brisa has that Bikur Cholim does not have a shear. So what does it mean that it has no shear? My ain't lo shear. The Gemara is going to have three possibilities. What it means that there's no shear of Bikur Cholim. So number one, Savra of Yosef Lemeimer ain't shear lamatan schara. So first of Yosef thought it means that there's no shear for how much schara you get for Bikur Cholim. Amalei Abai, we call mitzvahs mi ye shear lamatan schara. Why did other mitzvahs, there is a shear, a known shear for how much schara you get? Vatana, vizar b'mitzvah kala kibachamura. The Mishnah says, you should be careful about a small mitzvah the same way you are about a very serious mitzvah. Because we don't really know the uh, the schar of, of of mitzvahs, so you see that there's no uh, there's no shear for any mitzvah. Meaning, the Yacharim discuss. Does that prove that there's no shear for any mitzvah? Or does that just prove that that we don't know what the shear is for uh, for a mitzvah? That we don't know what the shear of the schar is. So somehow this must prove that there, that there is no shear of schar. For uh, for any mitzvah, so that's what it means. Bikur cholim ein lashir. So so that can't be what it means. Bikur cholim ein lashir because that's not unique to bikur cholim. No mitzvah has a shear. So Rabbi Gemara says a second possibility. What it means in Lashir is that you could be the most chash of a person in the world and you still have a mitzvah of Bikr Cholim on the, uh, the lowest person in the world. Unlike Hashavah Saveda. By the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, we say that Zakin since there's Xeris HaKasav, the Pasuk says, that you can hide from it in certain situations, even though you're not allowed to hide from Hashavah Saveda in a normal situation, so we derive from there that if it's beneath your dignity to pick up the item and return it, you don't have to return it. But when it comes to Bikr Cholim, even if it's beneath your dignity to visit this person, you still have to visit this person. So even Gadol Eitzel Katan. Third possibility, Rava Amar Afilu Meyapam Biyom. Eilashir means how many times you do it. Even a hundred times during the day, if that's what's necessary, you have to do Bikr Cholim. Amar Biyachav Rachanin, Kolim Bakr Cholim, Not Alechem Yishishim B'Tzaro. Anyone who does Bikr Cholim takes away one sixtieth of the pain and suffering that the Chol is going through. Amri Le'im Kem Le'al Nishis and Vulukmuah. So let 60 people come and he'll be all healed. I mean, shouldn't that be the way to solve any, anyone's diagnosed with a serious illness? Get 60 people together. Instead of getting uh, 40 women together to bake challah or whatever, get 60 people together and have each one come and visit him and then he'll be, he'll be cured. Samalei ki suraisa de Rebbe. No, it's like the, when, when we say 160th, it's like the one-tenth of Bey Rebbe. Ube ben Gilo. And it also only works with Ben Gilo, with people who, are, who specifically relate to that person. Uh, the Ran says someone who's born under the same constellation as the Chola. The Mefari says uh, someone who's, uh, who's, who's, who's his same age as the Chola, someone who's, who's a contemporary of him. What does it mean a, the 160th is like Rebbe's one-tenth? What's that about? The Tanya, the Brisa says, Rebbe Yomar Basen Izonus Minuch Zayachin, they'll tell us Yisum Nechasim, that when a man dies and he leaves sons and daughters and the daughters get mizonos um, from the brother's uh, money that the brothers were Yoresh, the, uh, she gets 10% of the money for, uh, for, for her mizonos. So, or for her to, to be able to get married. So, so the Chama said to Rebbe, but then it would turn out if, if every girl gets 10% of the father's estate, what if a guy leaves 10 daughters and one son? So the son's not going to get anything because each of the daughters is going to take 10% and the son's going to be left with zero? How does that work? Could have asked even better. What if he had 11 daughters? 
So how's that going to work? Meaning the, the, the 11th crow isn't going to get anything. Samalahan, Rishona no talis isur nechasim, shniya b'mashashira, shlishas b'mashashira, v'chozos v'cholkos b'shava. Well, it means when we say each one gets 10%, is first one gets 10%, next one gets 10% of what's left, the next one gets 10% of what's left of that, etc., etc. And then once everyone has gotten their 10% of what was left, then they put it into one big pot and they split it evenly amongst all the daughters because it doesn't make sense that some of the daughters get more than the other daughters. But that way the son will always be left with something because each daughter is only getting 10% of what's remaining, not 10% of the original number. And that's how Bikur Cholim works. Your Mevakar Choli, you take 160th of his illness, then the next guy to come doesn't take 160th of his original illness, he takes away 160th of what's remaining of his illness. So 60 people come, they're just continuing to take away 160th of what's remaining, but the person is still going to be a chala. It's never going to get down to zero. You're never going to be able to totally cure him of his illness. Okay, Ben Shem will continue in the Sugis of Bikr tomorrow with uh, stories of Bikr